everybody. Welcome to the Real Estate Community Network podcast. I'm Mike Bazzadona. I'm here with my partner, Steve Franco. We are the founders of the Real Estate Community Network.com. Make sure you go sign up and join. It's for free. Real estate investors, wholesalers, whatever. If you have something to do with real estate, you need to be on this site. It's free. Realestatecommunitynetwork.com. Join today. So today, we're going to be talking with flip and rental loan broker, Gary Brown. We're going to be talking to him about the assistance he can offer the real estate investor and his advice on leveraging and the different funding programs he could offer us, the real estate investors. So let's welcome Gary Brown. Hello, Gary. Hey, Mike, Steve, thanks for having me on. Awesome. No problem, man. Thank you. So Gary, let's start it off with what a flip and rental loan broker is. Absolutely. So uh, essentially, I am the customer service end of this whole ordeal. Uh, you can go direct to lender uh, for most flips or rental projects that you're looking at for purchase or a refinance, uh, but you're going to feel like a number in most cases, and you're, you, you may not have that personal touch. That's where I come in. Uh, in addition to being able to find you reliable, cost-effective capital for your business so that your bottom line will always be profitable, and that's, that's really where I come in. Um, the advantage to anyone that works with me is that because I'm doing uh, volume, uh, they're the benefit of, of volume pricing. Very rarely are they paying any more than if they were to go direct to lender because effectively I'm the sales force for these lenders. So in, it's the best of both worlds when you're working with me. Yeah. So when you are handling a um, new client, what are the 10 or 15 or five most important things that they should have in hand before they talk to you? Like what's the kind of details that you want to be getting on that first phone call to see if there's even a shot of this happening? But first they have to have a deal, correct, Gary? I'm absolutely open to talking to somebody if they just want to understand what they may qualify for when the time comes for a deal. But yes, in to conserve energy and to make the, the conversation the most effective have a deal in hand. That way we can talk about numbers and, and get to the next step of the process. Uh, so going back to the, the few things that someone should be mindful of when they're shopping for, let's start with a, a, a flip loan. Uh, what I'm going to be asking are really questions about your background, experience in real estate, whether you're a general contractor, real estate agent, or wholesaler, something else in the capacity of real estate, uh, so that I have a good understanding that you will know a little bit about this process. If you don't, if you're absolutely green, I will work with you, understand that we're going to have to go at that pace as well, that it's going to be an education between uh, myself and, and my client to, to learn how we best communicate and uh, what they're looking for ultimately in the project. So first would be experience. The next piece uh, is going to be about cash. Uh, how much cash do you have available? And, and you know, um, jargon would be skin in the game. What's, what's the kind of skin in the game that you're putting in on the deal? And so there, it can vary does, based does it, on yeah, the, the specific. No, I was going to, sorry. Does it, does it, is it based on experience or how does that kind of, I don't mean to cut you off like that. No, it, that's a, a 
great pointed question. It can be based off experience. It can be based off of your credit, which is the next piece. I will want to understand a little bit about your credit. Me, in with the loans that I carry, I am not Uncle Joe's retirement account. So I do have guidelines that I have to honor with the different fund managers that I work with. So credit is a factor. It is, in most cases, not a hard pull, and these loans will not be on your personal credit because we are closing in a business entity. So that kind of pulls with the five to 15 items that I'm looking to to understand from any one client is what's their experience like, credit, cash availability, and, you know, making sure that, that we're closing in a business. The biggest thing for me, because in this, in the mortgage space, there's really heavy regulations on owner occupied loans. The loans that I do are not owner occupied. These are commercial loans. So if I'm working with somebody and they're talking about living in the property, that's an automatic disqualification. I can't work with. Now on that, what is the situation if you, if they tell you it's not owner occupied and that becomes owner occupied later? That is a sticky situation. It really is because that puts the lender at risk. That puts myself at risk. That puts uh, mortgage, uh, that that puts the, the borrower at risk for mortgage fraud. Yep. So I guess they would just ask them to pay in full, right? Pretty much. And well, it it, it does. It, it would be an immediate due on sale. Yeah. Or due, it would be a, a immediately called due for sure. So cash, credit, experience, and then does it is that really where the flip and rental loans diverge? On the flips, you're looking at the flip numbers. On the rentals, you're looking at the rental numbers. Or is there any other generic stuff that they should that everyone should be ready to have? For the rental loans, yes, this is where we're going to split off. Okay. So with the the rental loans, beforehand, we should understand what the taxes look like uh, for the property and a general understanding of uh, the insurance. The reason for that is because a rental loan from me is going is what they call a DSCR loan, a debt service coverage ratio loan fancy way of saying it is the debt to income ratio of the asset of the property. So whatever the property is rented for gross multiplied by 12, that's for the year, less out the fixed expenses, taxes, insurance, and debt service. And so in order to get the full debt service coverage ratio, you do have to be working with a loan originator like myself or uh, direct to lender to figure out what that ratio would be looking like. And what the lenders are looking for in general is a ratio of 1.0 or higher. Okay. That shows that the, the property's cash flowing. Right, right. Basically, basically, the building can pay for itself, and then, and then hopefully there's some money left over afterwards. Yeah, correct. Um, and now, what are they? Uh, is the same thing? Experience, cash, credit, all that, that all matters again. For a purchase, it's yeah. not going to matter so much for experience for the rental loan, 
Because if you're buying a turnkey property, the reason why you would be getting a DSCR loan versus a conventional loan through a, reg a regular um, mortgage lender is because you're falling in one of two categories. You're self-employed and, and you're and you're not showing income on your mm -hmm. taxes, so you have to, to buy the property uh, through the property's income, or you specifically only want this uh, entity to be the, the, the lien holder of the mortgage. Uh, personally guaranteed, but still, the, you want that entity to be the, the note and mortgage holder of a property. Okay. All right. Cool. Now switching back, we'll go back to flips in a second. So on rental, you're looking for a DSCR of 1.2 or, or one or better. Hopefully, I guess your 1.25 is kind of the yes. You want the 1.2. That is certifiably going to be cash flowing. Anything under a 1.2 is could be negative cash flow, but depending on the scenario, you might just want equity pay down. Yeah, and um, and then on top of that, obviously, you're giving out a percentage of. And, and most of the rentals that I buy are I'm buying them at current value and then I've got some work to do and I'm going to raise the rents and have a better value. You're giving out what? Not 90%. It, it, this is whether it's a flip or, or a, or a rehab rental. You're giving out what? 90% of, of the current value. And then you'll give out a certain portion for the rehab. Or do you simply say on a rental, Hey, the building's worth a hundred thousand dollars. I'm willing to give 80 of it. You know, I'm. You know, are, do, do, do you guys have a set loan to value structure for your rental loans, or do you, or do you get more creative than that against an actual appraisal value, or is how does that work? Great. So you're you're asking a very uh, pointed question, and I'm going to use a real example. Right now, I'm doing a, a loan in Pittsburgh. The purchase price is ninety five thousand. There is a little bit of work that needs to be done to the property uh, in order to get it up to market rent shape, um, just because they're, they're, the borrowers are buying it from an owner-occupant. Now, here's where we're caught between two avenues, and we're more or less at a fork in the road. We're waiting for our appraisal to come back, and if that appraisal comes back at $100,000 or higher for the property, then we can move forward with the DSCR loan. And that'll be maxed at 75% loan to value uh, towards the purchase price. So it'll be 75% of that 95 as long as we can get that value to be higher than uh, at $100,000 or higher. Should the value come back in at 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 the purchase price of ninety five or below, we're going to pivot to a fix and flip loan because we will be able to get less money down at closing, and we'll have rehab funds available to improve the property so that three or six months down the line we can refinance that property into a new DSCR loan, having the property now raised value. Does that all make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And with your fix and flip loans, you're doing what you're doing, you're doing 90% of, of purchase, 90% of rehab. Is that typically where you're at for the average, that is, for the experienced person, forget that, you know, the, the beginners yes, might for be the a experienced different person, someone, someone that is 
that is doing that has done around five to seven flips in the last two years, yeah, I'm I'm going to be able to get them ninety uh, percent of their total project costs uh, funded. Um, so they're bringing ten percent of that total budget to to closing as a down payment. Okay, great. And from the sound of it, you're not afraid of loans under a hundred thousand dollars because that it, in markets like Scranton, Wilkesbury. And obviously Pittsburgh and most you know most flyover markets between New York and LA, almost everyone has properties under a hundred thousand dollars. Yes, you're absolutely correct. I will only do a fix and flip loan on a property that's valued as is under a hundred thousand dollars. That was the narrative of the previous story. Uh, if we're reading between the lines, okay. the guidelines that I have for the rental loans, the property has to be valued at a hundred thousand dollars or more. Okay. Okay. So, so rentals a hundred thousand or more. Perfect. That's not bad though. No, I mean, I mean, basically that means for the one that we have under contract, the double, it might be a rental, might be a fix and flip, because whether or not it's going to appraise today for a hundred, I don't know. It's 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 right on that line. But most most multi-family yeah. homes now are over a hundred thousand. Oh, easily, yeah. That's uh, that's almost never a problem if it's a multi. We're just thinking how we could use you, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's all about comparing you back to the deals we have. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, so now the other question uh, that that I have is in terms of um, timeline. You know, in terms of timeline, in terms of again ballpark rates, and I don't, I, I don't want you necessarily to quote rates as if anyone listening to the podcast, the conversation of rates means nothing because rates change every day. And rates, yeah, it does correct experience all mm-hmm. that cash down. All I know, all that matters. But, I don't even care about rates. I care about we buy a house and we want to close in a week or two. That's the timeline that I want to know. First. That's what yeah. us as flippers need. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, Here's where it really breaks down. To me, interest rate is nothing but a function of speed. People can say I'm wrong about that. Well, okay. But in my experience, it's a function of speed. Because if you're saying to me, Gary, you know, I've, I've used my dealcheck.io spreadsheet and everything on here says that I need to be at a 9.74% interest rate or lower for, for me to be able to have my carrying costs at XYZ so that I can, at the end of the day, make the profit and return on my money at you know ABC. Okay, well, thanks for giving me that information. We're <laughs> going to need at least a 21 to 30-day runway so that we have time for this deal to be fully underwritten and you may have to provide additional documents that you otherwise wouldn't have if we were going with the higher interest rate. Sure. You following? Yep. Yeah. 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 Cool. And, and, and if somebody wants You're nine paying points, for the time. Yeah. And, and of course, if, if somebody exactly. wants nine and a half on a fast three-day loan, then happy, 19, happy 2019. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I get in the time machine you know, 2019, yep. you could Let's do it all back. day, every day. Yep. Yeah. Your convenience. You're paying for convenience. That's now, exactly right. On your rental loans, what's your rate? Again, not rates are not really what I'm looking for, but like Length, what's how long? What, yeah. T- t- terms, amortization, and compared to what the 
you know, local bank would give somebody how far every DSCR loan is going to be higher, but are you double or are you, you know, whatever. But basically, typically, typically terms and amortization is what I look at. Rate can always change. But are you, are you, are you a 20 year term, five year arm or how do you do it? At the time of this recording, I am going to first and foremost point anyone that qualifies in the direction of a local bank or credit union. Sure. The reason for that is because the uh, in the the fund managers that I'm working with for these long-term loans, they have their own private investors, and they're using that paper to pay their investors. So you are paying a premium for these long-term loans. They are at a 30-year amortization, and they're underwritten in such a way that you should cash flow on the property, but they it is going to be more costly than if you were to go to a local federal uh, credit union on on the corner but you could um, you could I can't clo- speak to you could close quicker though still correct yes it's still going to be a 30 day closing okay. uh, and there's going to be a full appraisal re- required yep. uh, but yes in in the traditional sense you're Yes, I can close you're quicker. Still beating the clock. Now, now your thirty-year amortization is it locked for thirty at that rate, or is it thirty years and every five years they call you up and give you the bad news that things are getting bigger? Because um, I, I, <laughs> I have loans that work both ways, so I it's, it's always have to ask that. Yes, a few months ago, the uh, most popular product that I was selling in order to to be able to combat the fluctuations in the interest mar- interest rate market was a five-year fixed rate, 30-year term. And that five-year fixed was an interest-only loan uh, for that first five years with the expectation that within five years, we're going to be able to be stabilized. You, you uh, refinance into uh, something that's more favorable, uh, and then you can get your principal pay down uh, from there. But I've since uh, really just only offered a 30-year fixed uh, with no call option, but a three- or five-year prepayment penalty. So you are in this loan uh, for anywhere between 36 to 60 months before you can modify it without any penalties. However, uh, it is a longer fixed-rate amortization 30 years. You can set it and forget it. Which I'll probably offline want to talk to you about that because I'm I'm toying with I'm trying to refi for equity to be ready to, for the for the next buying round. Um, okay. So I'll probably want to talk to you about that at, sort of offline. But great. Is is there anything else? I mean, before we go on to other questions, is there anything else that, that that someone should know or that you want to share about your experience or how you your offering differs from the lender down the street because most people who listen to our podcasts you know they've dealt with dealt with or are dealing with or have looked at the lender down the street and any one of these online you know unknown faces in this alternative lending space frankly too many of them sound not right so i think a lot of people have a have a not sure opinion so is there anything else you can share to let them know why you know how you work or what makes your connection better than the guy who wants $4000 the day he uh, he starts talking to you <laughs> Sure. So uh, there was a there was a post in a Facebook group that I'm in um, where a woman was asking uh, about you know why brokers keep reaching out and uh, asking for upfront fees. 
And so I think, you know, being in this space for as long as I have been, I've never charged anyone a dollar before we closed. If there was any money spent, it was directly to the appraiser uh, or it was to the township for an inspection prior to closing. There's no, there's no upfront fees when you're working with me. So, uh, the next thing that I would challenge for anyone that is uh, investigating it and doing their own shopping is understanding the full cost of the loan. Uh, the interest rate is what everybody wants to compare, but it's but the interest rate is often the cheapest part of the loan. There's other fees that stack up that can make a lender once at one point that seemed very attractive seem very unattractive. There's fees where you will not only have an appraisal, which that costs time and time is money. There can be fees for an appraisal review in addition to a feasibility study in addition to a doc prep and legal fee, attorney fee, and on top of their origination points. So with those six fees that I mentioned, those are in essence, outside of the origination, junk fees. I offer a product now where there is no appraisal, so there's no appraisal cost, there's no doc prep, no legal, no attorney fee, as long as we're closing in the state of Pennsylvania. And it's just origination points to the lender and my broker fee on top. And I've priced it out many, many times. At a certain loan level, you're saving around $1,000 at closing by working with that program. Yeah, perfect. And those fees, I can speak from experience with an actual brick and mortar local lender, uh, my title company, after we got this loan closed, she's like, I can't believe they burned you so many. She, she she rattled off 10 different ways, and she's like, they could have done this same safety to them and would have saved you two grand. And so, and, and that's, with a, that's with a brick and mortar. Now, um, when you are sort of, so, so obviously you have a term sheet that comes out, you know, if anybody proposes a loan to you and you, and you feel some level of comfort, you're going to give them a ballpark and say, well, this lender has these fees. That lender has those fees. That's the kind of one of the biggest advantages of going to somebody like you is because you can offer them a variety of choices. Sure, you could shop it around. You know, here's, yeah. here's the different solutions I have for you. Now, a part of my process, and, and I can get criticized for this, and, and that's totally okay. Um, oftentimes, I am doing the shopping so much that I know which scenario is going to be the best fit, and I do provide the best option. I'll provide a secondary option if there's pushback uh, on that, um, and, and if we want to to work on one number or another number, or if we have uh, a longer runway versus uh, a two-week close, something like that, where we want to get to uh, you know, a certain interest rate because that's where the borrower wants to sit at for carrying costs, then, then we'll be able to adjust. But oftentimes, my best offer is my first offer. Sure. Of course. I, I, I do the same thing and, and, and you know, with my with the real estate side of it. And, you know, it's, it is, that's why it's important to work with an experienced lending broker 
because you know they'll have done that when they present it to you. They'll have the other four, but they'll say, okay, this is your best choice. If you don't like my advice, you can pick one of your own, kind of like the old match game. Um, now, and I have unfortunately had a client who just came to me. We were closing a loan or closing a sale, and he told me on his last transaction he paid on a $200,000 deal, he paid $19,000 in lender fees. He said, but look at the interest rate I got. I said, yeah, you prepaid like 10 years of interest. <laughs> with and those that's, fees. and that is, uh, that's exactly kind of what, what I outlined before. Um, I, I ran into a similar situation where it was a, you know, $150,000 loan with, with $15,000 worth of, of fees at the end of the day. And, you know, I, I just, you know, it, it was shocking because I would never offer a, a product line like that. Um, but it, I know that they exist and there's, there's a purpose for them and there's a, a, you know, there's a lid for every pot, so to speak. Yeah. Thank you for going with the non-expletive version of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> any other, although there is no FCC anymore, so it doesn't matter. Um, any, right. anything else that we should, that, that you would like to sort of cover or promote or how people, you know, should begin to be ready to work with you? Yes. Uh, when you're going in and shopping uh, with a, a lender, understand that they can't provide you any concrete pricing on these loans until the, the file is fully underwritten. So when you're working with a, a guy like me, understand that it's because of my experience that I'm providing you with my best guess as to what the terms will be when the final terms come out. And I work with funds that get as close to their initial offerings as possible. But in off-market real estate and in commercial real, real estate lending, things are not as concrete as they are on the retail side. There's very rarely any rate locks. There's very rarely any um, you know consumer protection, so to speak, because these are commercial loans. They're, they're supposed to be for businesses that are understand risk. Now, are you able, and this comes from my realtor side, are you able to provide pre-approvals, pre-qualifications kind of don't exist in the commercial space? But if I send you a borrower, are you able to look at them enough and be able to let me know, yeah, these guys individually, forget the building, they're of quality where I can probably underwrite them up to, you know, a quarter million or whatever the number is, just just so that I can give the seller, cert, you know, not certainty, but an understanding that, yeah, they have a lender who's probably willing to stand behind them. Because um, it, it does become a gray area making an offer without some kind of proof of something. Correct. And that's mostly uh, the in the most cases where I'm providing a, a proof of funds or a pre-approval letter it's with an on-market property that's listed by a novice agent that doesn't typically do investment properties. Uh, and so they're asking for a proof of funds or, or a pre-approval. And those, those, uh, are, those are the seller reps that I'm getting the most pushback from. And they're, and they're saying, well, exactly. my client's tenant's yeah. this, my client's tenant's that. Like, I understand that, but you're living in the multifamily world now. Sorry, <laughs> it doesn't work the same. And it, but, exactly. but 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 are 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 you at least able to t to talk to somebody and not give an actual pre-approval letter, but just make a phone call to me? Say, listen, I looked at this guy. He's not going to fall down based on his own capability. Now let's see if the building is 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 viable. Are you willing to do those kinds of unofficial? I'm not looking for a letter. I'm just looking to be able to say to the the seller's agent, hey, 
you don't need this, but here's the information. I'll provide a, a letter, uh, just understanding that that letter is going to have the the understanding that the borrower and the property have to meet the guidelines for the loan to be funded. Yeah. Okay. And in on this side of it, a pre-approval letter carries as much weight as it as the paper it's printed on. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I'm trying to think what else I got for him. No. Well, and and, and you're. Um, you're with us at the next meetup, right? He's going to be with us November 9th, correct? November 9th, the day before, before your, your anniversary. anniversary. Yep. <laughs> yeah. He got the AOK. -okay. We can we can happily buy your wife a nice $12 <laughs> pizza. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that'll be a great anniversary present. How many how many yeah, years I'm in? excited to I'm excited to come up and be in a different part of the state that I call home uh, and uh, you know, I already feel at home talking with you guys in the, in the several conversations that we've had, and I'm excited to meet uh, the rest of your community. Yeah, well, it's a it's a good bunch of guys. A lot of wholesalers, a lot of investors, flippers. Um, and it'll be actually be good because they'll be able to meet you. Yeah, yeah, right. And maybe get start working on some deals with them because once they they meet you and ask you personal questions, it'll be a whole whole different ball game. Because you know, you've been great to me and Steve on the phone for the last three. I actually can't wait to meet you. Yeah, exactly. Now, do you want to give contact info on this call, or do you want people to call us and we run it the other way, like we were, like we were talking about, um, sort of being the relay? Mm -hmm. Which which way would you like to handle it? Sure. So, if you guys that are listening, text Mike and Steve to the phone number four eight four. 228-1989, you will get a flat broker fee from me at $1,500 for your next deal, regardless of loan size. Wow, that's cheap. That's nice. All right. That's great. That's nice of you. Yeah. Gary, give that number again. It is 484-228-1989. If you text Mike and Steve to that number... On the first deal that we close together, it'll be a flat broker fee of fifteen hundred. Cool, nice. I like that a lot. Sounds yeah, good. Yeah, that is good. So I guess. Uh, oh, you know what I want to ask you real quick. So on credit score, what are you looking for credit score? In case anybody's out there, credit score fix and flips. We can do as low as six fifty uh, with uh, when we're meeting traditional leverage amounts. If we if we can go lower. Uh, but that is going to be, uh, you're going to have to bring a lot more cash. Well, 650, you got to have a pulse at 650. So, yeah. Right. You got to pay your bills. Yeah, pay your bills. That's and fun. for uh, rental loans, rental loans, uh, 680 plus, and, and you're going to have a, a cash flowing property. Okay. Okay. Cash so, if, if you're drowning in your own debt, please don't start this business. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. And and have at least four, four more flips for, uh, or less JV with Mike For and the Steve. Past terms, yep. Or yeah. JV with Mike That's and right. Steve. Yeah. So if so if someone was a new guy, a new wholesaler, or somebody new flipping, they got a deal. There's no way we're going to get them funding. But if they teamed up with a a group of guys like Mike and Steve, That's right. We can help them. Then they would have a chance, correct? Absolutely. They'll Just, certainly be able to to profit on the deal. Okay, excellent. I guess unless you want anything else to say, you have anything else to say, Gary? I appreciate the opportunity being on the podcast today and uh, look forward to being up in the area on the 9th. 
All right. November. Yep, that's uh, November 9th. We meet live at King's Pizza and Mountaintop at 7.30 p.m. We also have it live at zoom.recn.us, but obviously we hope everyone comes out and packs the room because uh, it's much better in person and they like to sell pizza. Yeah, it's it's actually a great time. We're actually going to have a few people there, so you're going to be our flipping rental loan expert. And then we'll have uh, two other guys. We try to make a little panel and... uh, Hopefully, we'll have at least 50 people or more. Yeah. be great. That'd be great. All right, Gary, thank you. Perfect. I'm Mike. This no, is thank Steve. Thank you, guys. This Thanks, is the Real guys. Estate Community Network podcast, and thank you for listening. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Gary. Thank Thanks for listening to the RECN podcast. And if you're not a member yet, please go and sign up today. It's free. Realestatecommunitynetwork.com. Network.com.